right, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Tricky Takes Podcast. Uh, with me, as always, co-host Austin Freed. What's up, guys? And uh, back again this week, uh, after a brief little absence, we got Billy. Hey, guys. Remember me? <laughs> Vaguely. You know, it's, it's been a while. If I don't see you, I forget you. I'm like a goldfish. Yeah. But uh, had some good football on this weekend. Uh, not very happy about it, and we're... We're going to start off talking about is this the college football playoffs? Uh, round one is over, so we got the championship coming up, and uh, it's it's Michigan and Washington. So Austin was correct on both the games. So hats off to Austin. Uh, did you ever get a, a prediction from Billy? Yeah, I had the same thing. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I had the uh, I had the opposite actually. Um, yeah, Michigan, Texas, or Bama, Texas. I had Bama, Texas with Bama that's, winning. That's what I had. Um, I think part of that played into it was my anti-Michigan bias. I really don't like Michigan. I hate Jim Harbaugh, so I think that probably played clouded my judgment a little bit. Um, but yeah, I thought Bama was the, I thought Bama was the most talented team left, and. Uh, with the way they had been playing, I thought they were going to win it all, obviously. Uh, I was wrong. That's why they play the games. Yeah. I was so incredibly upset with our play call on that that last possession. I mean, what are we doing calling a QB scramble with a stacked box on fourth and goal? I just I, – I will never so, understand it. I don't believe that's what the call was. It looked to me like it was supposed to be an option play. And it looked like there was going to be a wide open touchdown on the swing, but there was a low snap. And uh, Jaden just kind of had to, or Jalen just had to um, kind of improvise and and give up on the, the option. That's at least kind of the vibe I got from it. Yeah. I mean, the bad snap played into it, but it just – we were playing with a poor offensive line all game. I mean, and really all season. It was it was rough to watch. I hated every second of it. Yeah, early on in the season, I thought some of it – this offensive line for Alabama is relatively young. Um, you know, you have a true freshman at left tackle. Um, you got some guys that don't have the most experience uh, – on the line, I thought throughout the early part of the season, some of that might have been, you know, Jalen Milrow being a little inexperienced, holding the ball maybe a little too long, forcing himself into a few sacks. Um, but as Jalen developed throughout the year, the line didn't get much better. Uh, we saw Jalen become a much more decisive runner and just a better overall quarterback throughout the year. But he still had a lot of issues with sacks, and he was the most sacked Alabama quarterback in the last, I think, thirty-five years is the the stat that's been going around this year, or since the game. So that's just tough to overcome anytime. I, mean, I think he's sacked a total of forty-four times this year. Yeah, since the early nineties. So I mean, just definitely not what you want. And then on the other end, uh, you know, with Washington. It did kind of come down to that, you know, defensive stops and, and then kind of being able to control the ball. Uh, felt a little bit closer at the end than 
I think it ever really was. Texas almost felt like they had a chance, but uh, end of the day, Washington just played a, a much better game. And I mean, that passing attack is real. Michael Penix looked really, really good throwing the ball. Yeah, that receiving room is nasty too. Um, Washington also won the award for best offensive line in the country. I believe it's the Remington Trophy. So you got that on your side as well, plus good weapons on the outside. Um, you know, Roma Dunsey and Jalen Polk and uh, those guys, they're, they're legit. And it's going to hurt. Dylan Johnson, their starting running back, 1,000-yard rusher this year, went down that game. Got carted off, so from the eye test, it looks like it's going to be tough for him to play. Uh, but, you know, we've seen crazy things happen. But, uh, yeah, Washington, they got a legit offense. And, uh, you know, Texas, they don't have any slouches either on the D-line. They got some NFL D-caliber, NFL caliber D-linemen. And uh, for Washington to hold up the way they did, I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, seeing the time and just the poise that Penix has in the pocket right now, I'm definitely leaning him over Caleb Williams as you know potentially the better draft choice. Uh, I just think that he seems kind of more ready as a, a more capable NFL talent coming out of college. Uh, but granted, that might just be because USC didn't have a whole lot around Caleb Williams that made him you know appear as good. So. It, it could be a bit of both, but I just think that comparatively, Caleb Williams did not perform up to anywhere near the hype that he was expected. Yeah, USC, they had a lot of young talent, especially on offense. I would um I would just like to kind of shout myself out again for you know nailing the prediction on the both games. And I would like to say my score predictions for both of them were pretty accurate as well. I was only off by a few points the first round, and I think I've got it nailed for the championship game too. So excited to drop that a little bit. And because you were you were almost dead on the money for both of them. I think what three, four points off either way. Yeah, uh, I was. I, I if I remember correctly, I had predicted twenty eight points from Michigan. And they scored twenty seven, and I had predicted like twenty three or like twenty four for Alabama, and then um, the other game I think I had like thirty three thirty or something like that. Like it was, I was right around the bush, like both ways on on both games. Yeah, you you definitely knew what you were talking about. You know, everybody gets lucky every once in a while, though. You know. Mm-hmm. Not not salty at all that you were right. <laughs> uh, moving into this this matchup, Billy, I, I know we haven't heard you much, but what do you think are kind of going to be the keys for for victory? And what's your thoughts on you know who's going to be kind of taking the lead and taking home the trophy? Yeah, so obviously step one for Washington is find a way to slow down Blake Corum. He is the catalyst of that offense. Everything runs through him. You saw the passing game. He was involved in that the other night. Scored a touchdown in the passing game. Jim Harbaugh likes to use a lot of 
I would say pre-snap motion, especially when on passing plays to create confusion and a lot of crossing routes to, you know, cause problem against man coverage. But you got to find a way to corral Blake Corum one way or the other, either slow him down in the run game or slow him down in the pass game, which is going to be harder to do either way. He's an incredible player. I wouldn't really be worried about J.J. McCarthy beating me. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, I just think, is, you know, he gets a lot of hype because he wins a lot. But he's not the guy that's going to go out there, I think, and be the reason alone that you win a game. So I think if you you make J.J. McCarthy beat you through the air and uh, on offense, you just got to keep doing what you're doing. You got to keep. Michael Penix Jr. upright and comfortable in the pocket because we saw all night long Jalen Milrow running around and avoiding, you know, those Michigan D linemen, a lot of disguised blitz. You got to have good communication on the O-line. You got to have running backs that are willing to pass block. So those are the keys of the game for Washington for me would be to corral Blake Corum and keep Michael Penix somewhat clean, as clean as you can. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you on – I don't think that J.J. McCarthy is going to be the one to beat him. It is absolutely Blake Corum. Uh, just incredible explosive runs from him. And, I mean, it, watching him receiving out of the backfield, it just looks like it's second nature to him. I mean, he looks like a wide receiver out there when he's catching and, you know, making cuts, avoiding defenders – you know, even when he's got, you know, a DB or a linebacker up against him, he's still making, you know, the spectacular play on him and then going for more yards after the catch. So he, he is definitely the the key focal point that Washington needs to pick up on. But I just I think that Washington does have the better offense. And neither of these defenses until, you know, Michigan played Alabama have really impressed me a whole lot. I mean Washington still let up quite a bit to Texas. So I think it does come down to which, again, kind of like I said for the Washington-Texas game, which defense is going to come up in the clutch moments, you know. But I think right now I, I am leaning Washington for my win. I just think that even with their running back most likely not playing, that just with Pennix Jr. in the pocket – he just looks like he's got so much control over the game at any given moment. This game's going to come down to game script. And you can say that about any game, but I think this one especially because if Michigan gets out to the lead and they're able to just pound the ball, I think that's the worst case scenario for... Washington, or it's worse for Washington than it would be inversely if Washington were to get a big lead and Michigan need to, have to make a comeback. They also don't have the ability to like just go past like crazy like Texas does or Washington themselves do, but um, they can be good enough to supplement their run game that they'll be able to to kind of make that sneaky comeback. So what I'm looking for is Washington to take a lot of risk early in this game because I think they need to. Uh, I think I think you'll see some trick plays. 
I'm pretty excited for this game. I think it's going to be really good television. Michigan's favored by four and a half from what I'm seeing right now. I don't love that line. Washington's too good of a team to be favored or to be anything more than a field goal on dogs. Do you guys kind of agree with that sentiment or do y'all think that, you know, Michigan is the one seed. They should be the favorites and four and a half like not that much. No, I was expecting like one and a half or two and a half to be the spread. I, I was expecting a, a much closer you know, number than that. Uh, especially with it being a neutral site game and no team really gets that home field advantage, which I know factors heavily into how they calculate spreads and everything. But I don't see how with the offense and the season that Washington has had, that you could ever say that they're more than a field goal away from any given team on any given night. But they were also, what, three and a half point underdogs to the Texans? Um, at least. Yeah, they were underdogs. Um, yeah, I was expecting closer. I was expecting them to keep it under three. Um, just because I know what you know, Vegas likes to make these close games, champion championship close games. But uh, I actually do think this is a pretty evenly matched game. I think where we'll see the disparity is the Michigan O line on the Washington D line is where we could see the biggest advantage in the game for Michigan. So that will be what I'm looking out for. I think Michigan does have a good back end of their defense with Will Johnson and Santa Strill back there. Those guys can cover. So, but Washington has some elite receivers, so we'll see. All right. I think I'm ready for picks. I'm going to go final score 31 to 27. Michigan. Interesting. I was going to go 34-31 Washington. I'm going 38-35 Washington as well, just because I don't want Michigan to win it. <laughs> That's a high-scoring game as well. I think it will be high-scoring. With the O-line that Washington has, they're not going to be getting as much pressure on Penix, giving him a lot more time in the pocket to focus up give one of his elite receivers time to get open. And I think that'll open up a lot more scoring for them compared to what they were able to do and all the disruption they got against Alabama's offensive line. I think it's a good matchup. So I'm excited to see it uh, in Houston. So not really a home game for either, either team. So both teams having to travel a little bit. Yeah. Football's but just different know. up north. Yeah, it's just different up north. You see the like D two uh championship also is like Montana, North Dakota or something like that. It's always those guys though. Yeah. Yeah, they have India NDSU is always up there. That's where Carson Wentz came from. And Trey Lance and Christian Watson. Yeah. They produce some talent out there. They sure do. Those corn fed boys. Yeah. It's not quite the fun belt though. It's no. not built by any means. Let's uh let's move on yeah. to 
some playoff talk, actually, because there is. Oh, yeah, let's, let's talk about the playoffs a little bit. Gonna... I mean, there's there's a lot going on uh, right now, and a lot of clinching and, and winning scenarios. I've got them all pulled up here for you guys. Oh, so right nice. now, just starting off in the AFC, we've got four teams that have clinched a spot. So the Ravens are number one seed. The Chiefs have clinched the uh, the West. The Browns have clinched a you know playoff position, and the Dolphins clinch a playoff position. That's it. And then, kind of the most notable game I would say of the weekend is the Bills playing Miami, and so the Bills would clinch the East title with a win, but if they lose then they're out so they would have to at least tie and then have pittsburgh loser tie jacksonville loser tie or houston and the colts would have to tie for them to be able to make it into the playoffs if they don't win so i mean just a lot of scenarios for a team that everyone kind of expected to be up there at the the top end and kind of almost expected them to have clinched a spot at this point. Maybe not, you know, the division, but at least a spot. So kind of crazy there. Uh, how do you all feel about that game? What are your thoughts? Bills are hot, man. Um, Bills are hot. Dolphins coming off a stomping by the Ravens. So... We've been waiting on Miami to win a big game all year, and it hasn't happened. I guess if you want to say the Dallas game. Uh, but for the most part, they have kind of laid an egg in these big-time games. And playing in Buffalo in early January is not going to be easy. And I think the Bills are just red hot right now. I think they're going to keep it going. I think they're going to beat the Dolphins this week. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen's just been doing Josh Allen things the last little bit. Uh, what's surprising is with all of their success, Stephon Diggs has still not really done anything in the last, like, 10 weeks. I mean, he's been almost a non-factor in the games up there, and James Cook really hadn't been doing a whole lot either. So, I mean, it's really just been Josh Allen cooking. I don't know if I would say James Cook hadn't really been doing much. He's – James – Cooks looked good. Balled out against the Cowboys. I think I'm thinking more like fantasy championship. James Cook didn't really do a whole lot. It's like the last two weeks. But up next, the uh, the next big game in the AFC is the Texans and the Colts. And both of them have a, a win and they're in. And both of them have a chance to clinch the uh, AFC South title. That is still not locked in yet. Uh, if either team wins and Jacksonville loses, then that team has clinched the title. And then the both teams can still clinch a playoff berth with a Jacksonville loss and a win. So they, uh, or I'm sorry, if they tie and Jacksonville loses, they can go in. But uh, 
without a win there, both of these teams would be out. So they have to at least tie to have a chance. Houston, now, if that were the case, Houston would also need a Pittsburgh loss or tie. So potentially both of these teams can make it in. If I had to pick one of these teams to to go and see them in the playoffs, I would want to see the Texans. I think I agree. Uh, I think the Jags have kind of just pissed out their leg the second half of the year. And uh, all these opportunities they've had to kind of put away the division, CJ Stroud being out two weeks, uh, you know, there's, they couldn't do it. So now Trevor, you know, Lawrence, the injuries and things like that starting to add up. He missed his first game. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but I would rather see right now. I think I want to see CJ Stroud and that young offense kind of ball out in the playoffs and see if they can make any noise. Uh, even though for my team's sake, I think I would rather see the Jaguars win it. Yeah, I'd much rather play the Jags at this point in the season. But the uh, team we've already beat. <laughs> yeah, but as a football fan, I want the Texans there. You know, I just I think it's going to be a more exciting experience and seeing what the team has done from where they've come from the last couple of years. Uh. I mean, you've got to give your hats off to D'Amico Ryans. He's been great over there. Obviously, C.J. Stroud had a season like nobody expected, but I just think they're overall the better football team. I actually do kind of enjoy Jaguars football because I'm a Trevor Lawrence fan. You know, he can do special things in the playoffs. I would much Mm -hmm. rather see the Jaguars in the playoffs than the Steelers or the Broncos. So what I'm pulling for is a Houston win, a Jacksonville win, and a Pittsburgh Steelers loss and a Denver Broncos loss. That gets the uh, Jags in a wild card. So the Broncos are eliminated, though. Yeah, they are. Broncos are out. I thought they... Okay. No, the only teams that can still get in are the Steelers, Dolphins, Jags, Colts, Texans, and the Bills. Well, so, the Dolphins, uh, clinched, right? yeah. the Dolphins have clinched the a spot. They just haven't clinched the division yet. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so they, they just need a, a, a Steelers loss then? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, or if they lose a Pittsburgh loss, a Denver loss, and either Houston or Indianapolis with a loss, they just can't have that game end in a tie. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers have a right. That's that's why I was saying. Yeah, that's. I also that's why I don't know why the Denver game would matter if they're mathematically eliminated. Because they're playing the Raiders and the Raiders are eliminated. So the Denver Broncos might not be eliminated. Or that's just incorrect information that I see on ESPN. Well, per NFL's website, they Yeah, uh, I'm on the NFL.com. Okay. <clears throat> so so why why team... would the why would the Denver game matter then? Does it? I really don't know. Yeah. They're playing the Raiders. It's, I mean, I'm looking at it right here, the <clears throat> playoff berth with 
and it says Pittsburgh loss plus a Denver loss or tie plus Houston and Indianapolis not ending in a tie. It must be That's a tiebreaker. Like most, both teams must have played the Broncos one 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 lost. I guess. Oh yeah. right, like okay, that I guess that it. makes sense. Yeah, so it gets confusing, but for NFL's website. Every team that's left a clinch has a 99% or greater chance to get in besides the Steelers with yeah, a win. The, the Steelers need a lot. <laughs> so uh, they're obviously going to have to win, and then they're either going to need a Buffalo loss, a Jacksonville loss, a tie in the Texans and Colts game. So those are the scenarios if they win. And then if they tie, then they need a Jacksonville loss and either the Colts or the Texans to lose. Or if they lose, they need Jacksonville to lose, Denver to lose, and either the Colts or the Texans to win. So they've got a lot of options and a lot of scenarios. But uh, it really boils down to they're going to have to win and someone else is going to have to lose. So this shows Pittsburgh – a Pittsburgh win and a Buffalo loss, Pittsburgh's in. Mm-hmm. A Pittsburgh win and a Jacksonville loss or tie, Pittsburgh is in. And a right. Pittsburgh win and a Colts-Texans tie, Pittsburgh is in. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a lot of scenarios. But... Yeah. yeah, they've got five different scenarios that could slip them into mm-hmm. the playoffs. I mean, it's it's very possible for them to win. Let's just hope Jacksonville handles business against Tennessee, as they should. Right. And Houston handles business in Indy. And then we shouldn't have to worry about it at all. Right. Correct. (laughs) Wait, so both of those happen? Are the Bills out? Yes. I think so. Even if they win. No, if Buffalo wins, they no, get that... the division title. Oh, yes, right. So we need the Jags to handle business, the Texans to handle business, and the Dolphins to handle business. Yes. For the Jags and Texans to get. Yes. Gotcha. All right, so let's play a game here. What do y'all think the playoff picture ends up like? Who do you think gets it out of the AFC? I think that the Texans and probably the Jags are going to get in because I think both of them win their games. Well, I think I think it's Jags Bills. I think the Bills win this week. I think what would be best for football would be a Bills win because that puts both the Bills and the Dolphins in, and then we have the Jags and the. Uh, uh, Texas. So Bills, Jags, Texas. Okay, yeah. So Carter. That would be the best scenario. What would happen if everybody tied? It doesn't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an option. That's not an option. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the math in front of me. <laughs> if the entire well, on. league ties. They'd have to like postpone the playoffs to figure it out. <laughs> no, they listen, probably would. I think I think I'm figuring it out. 
a Jacksonville tie plus a Houston tie actually gets Jacksonville the one seed. That might actually get the Texans, the Colts, and the Jags all in. No. No, because the Colts wouldn't be able to make it with the Jacksonville. What the... the Colts would need Jacksonville to lose. Oh, well, actually, yes. A, a okay, tie no, yes. between all teams gets the Colts in or over the Steelers. And the Bills. And the Bills. If all teams tie, you see all three AFC South teams sneak in. That's what I'm rooting for, is every (laughs) every game this week has clinching scenarios to be a tie. Just absolute chaos. Yes. That would be epic. All right, are ready to move on to the NFC? <laughs> my, my brain hurts. Yeah, I know. This is more thinking than I've done since I graduated. Yeah. All right, so over on the NFC side, we've got a few more teams that have clinched, or just one more, really. So the Niners clinched the number one seed. The Lions clinched the NFC North. And then the Cowboys, Rams, and Eagles have all clinched a spot in the playoffs, but have not clinched their divisions. So that's five teams. So we've got two other teams that will be able to make it in. Uh, The first one is the Falcons. If they beat the Saints and the Buccaneers lose, then they get the title and they go into the playoffs. If they lose, they're out. So they have to win, and Tampa has to lose. And then the Cowboys get the title with a win or a Philadelphia loss. uh, Or if they both tie. So that would be the ways that the Cowboys can clinch the East Division title. And then the Packers, if they win, they're in. If they tie, there are a lot of possibilities. And if they lose, there are multiple things. But each of them would be, you know, three-leg parlays that you would need to to hit on, including uh, Minnesota losing, Seattle losing, and Tampa Bay and New Orleans losing. So, uh not a lot of good odds there for the Packers to to make it in. Austin's Vikings can get in. They've got two scenarios. So if Minnesota wins, Green Bay loses, Seattle loses, and Tampa Bay loses, the Vikings get in. If Minnesota wins, Green Bay loses, Seattle loses, and New Orleans loses, then they get in. So you've got a chance still, Austin. Let's see. The Saints can still also clinch the NFC South uh, with a win and a Tampa loss or tie. And if they tie and Tampa loses, then they get the NFC South. Then they can just get into the playoffs with a Saints win, Seahawks loss or tie, and Green Bay loss or tie. Or also a Saints tie, Seattle loses, and Green Bay loses. 
And then obviously Philly needs to win. It needs Dallas to lose to clinch the East division title. Uh, and Tampa Bay needs to win to clinch the NFC South. Uh, if they lose, they are out uh, pending one of the other teams in the division wins. So a lot, a lot of implications this week, a lot of games that mean a lot to a lot of different teams. Uh, going to be pretty fun because, you know, not every team is going to be sitting people like, you know, the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, I think the Chiefs are another team that will be sitting quite a few of their studs. Yeah, San Fran, obviously. Detroit. Yeah, San Francisco, Detroit. So you're obviously seeing those top teams that have nothing more to play for at this point in the year, mm-hmm. sitting out some guys. But for the most part, it looks like everybody's going to be, or most teams at least, will be playing everybody they can. Which is really, yeah. you know, what you want in the last week of the season. You want it to mean something. Yeah, for sure. Um the NFC South will get real interesting if Tampa loses. Yeah. Because I think Tampa has cleared away the best team in that division. But if they lose, it's going to get ugly. <laughs> yeah. Somebody has to win it. <laughs> None of them have played like they want it, though. Fortunately. What if everyone ties in this division, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do all that thinking. <laughs> Y'all broke my brain. <laughs> it's already chalked. So I like I like the Bucks and Packers to get in. I think they have the best shots. I would guess. What's what's Seattle's chance? Seattle needs to win, and Green Bay needs to lose. Uh, and then if they tie, then they need a Green Bay loss and a either Tampa or New Orleans loss. Yeah, so. I actually think the Bears can play spoiler this week. I do, too. I do, too. I also think the Cardinals could play spoiler. The Seahawks match up with the Cardinals, and the Bears match up with the Packers are both divisional games, and they're both teams that have a lot to prove late simply because they've got a quarterback who kind of, I think, needs to make a statement, which maybe that's just my inner Vikings fan hoping that because we need that in order to win but there those are these are two teams they're playing against that actually want to win i think so that's kind of why i think it wouldn't be the most shocking thing because regardless of anything else that happens chicago already has the number one pick locked up thanks to the panthers so nothing that they do matters so they're they're going to want to win to go out and at least prove something like their head coach who I think it's already been announced he will be back next season, Eberflus. So, I mean, I I think that they definitely have something to prove, and Justin Fields has a lot to prove still at this point. I think that is going to do it for us talking about all the potential playoff stuff. Obviously, next week we'll be back with a bit more, uh, you know, who made the playoffs, what the, you know, brackets are looking like probably do some bracket predictions like we did last year. Uh, Probably talk a little pro bowl, go over the college football championship that's going to happen this weekend. Uh, So, I mean, there, there there'll be a lot to talk about, but now uh, we move on to everybody's favorite segment. Didn't get to do it last week, but uh, now that Billy's back, we, we certainly can. Uh, 
And uh, that would be the tricky 50. So Billy, I know you weren't our host for it, but uh, you know, Peyton did it in, in your stead two weeks ago for you. <laughs> Thanks, Why don't <laughs> you read off uh, the players that he had us bid on and tell us how well you did without even trying. <laughs> hey. All right. So it looks like let me make sure this is updated here. All right. So Austin took five players. He hit on three of them. Nice. Uh, those guys that hit were T. Higgins, Derek Henry, and a good old Easton stick play. Love to see that. Uh, he racked up 32.6 points. Devontae Adams with a epic miss. Uh, and Wandale Robinson with a miss. Connor took uh, the GOAT, Joe Flacco. Trey McBride, Cortland Sutton, Isaiah Likely. And you really took Quentin Johnson. Sure did. <laughs> His nemesis. Uh, and he hit on Joe Flacco and Isaiah Likely for 25 points. And so I collected the rest. Uh, ended up with 17.6. Not a bad week uh, for being off. And uh, let's see what that brings the totals to. Oh, geez. All right. Austin is in the lead, right? Yeah. Yeah. Commanding lead. 373.4. Carter is in second at 317.58. And uh, I'm in last. So. But no score for you, Billy? I'm in last, man. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see what this last week can uh, can bring us here. Yeah. All right. So since the uh, the Tricky 50 is pretty much squared away. There's not going to be any movement in the standings. I decided to do a little. Don't say that. Different. You can drop. You can drop a hundo bomb. I I could very unlikely, but I could. Uh, but so I just sent you all the list, and uh, pretty obvious themes sticking out here. Uh, I think one of y'all can give it to me pretty quick. Backup quarterbacks, baby. There you go. Every quarterback that was not the team's day one starter. Me and Austin spent a road trip naming all these guys. <laughs> we did do that. <laughs> all right. So, Billy, I'll do you the uh, the lovely honors of getting to, uh, to take out the first pick. Thank you, Connor. Uh, I want my pro bowler, Tyler Hartley. There you go. Uh, he's projected 16.8, playing Pittsburgh like we talked about. And I'm going to give him to you for a cool 16. There's some rushing value there as well. It's going to be tough with a lot of their starter receivers out. Uh, I'm going to pass on Tyler Huntley. Me too. All right. Austin, who are you looking at? Give me one of my favorite rookies this year, Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell, he's only projected 16. He's playing the Broncos. Uh, I'm going to give him for a bit of a discount at 13 points. I'll do 13. 14, please. I'll go 14 and a half. 14, 8. 15? No, I'll pass. All right. I was high as I was going to go too. <laughs> All right, Billy, who you want next? Let me see uh, Helmet Man, Mason Rudolph. 
the helmet man himself only projected 14 versus the Ravens did have a pretty good game and seemed like he had a good connection over there with uh old George Pickens finally uh like I said projected 14 I'm giving him away for 12 12 and a half I'm kind of liking this week give me 14 and a half 16. Um, I'll go 16 3. I'll go 17. All right, you can have him. Man, Billy really likes the helmet man. All right, uh, back to me. I think I've got to go with um, one of the all time great backup quarterbacks, Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. This is a uh, you know. A journeyman backup right here. 16.4 is the projection versus the Chargers. I'm going to give you 15 points for him. I mean, he is the, the greatest to ever do it. Um, I think I'll take 15. Billy's going to pass. All right. Pass. Let me see my guy, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz playing the 49ers. Projected 15.6, but that defense scares me, so I'm, I'm giving you a pretty good discount of 11 points. Yeah, I'll take it for 11. 12. 12, 4. I'll go 13. 13, 4. All right, you can have them. All right, Austin, who you want next? Oh, it's slim pickings. Um, it is. I mean, they are backup quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't want to steal that pick from Billy. I know he's going to want to take him at some point. So <laughs> I'll go. I'll go Easton Stick. I already took him once in a tricky 50. You have uh, projected 18.3 versus the Chiefs. I've got him for 16 points. It's quite a bit. Um, I think I'll have to pass. Yeah, I'll pass for him as well. All right, Billy goes back to you. Uh, Bailey Zappy, please. Bailey Zappy playing the Jets projected twelve point two. We're gonna shoot him off for a a cool nine points. A sub double digit quarterback on the board. Uh, eleven and a half. I don't think I want to go anywhere near Bailey Zappi. You can have him. <laughs> that is a, a fair assessment, Austin. <laughs> and probably why you're destroying both of us this year. <laughs> yeah. um, All right, Billy is down to just 8.1 points. I've yeah. still got 20 left. Might um, still be someone that Billy could bid on. Who knows? That's true. Um, I've still got 20 points, so I think I'll go for someone projected a little bit more. Um, Jake Browning. Jake Browning. He is playing the Browns, projected 17.9, but he's going to be on sale for 15 points. I'll keep up my theme of 15 pointers. I'll, I'll do it at 15. There you go. I like the consistency from you, Freed. That's one thing they call me. It's consistent. All right, Austin, you are 
not eligible to bid on anybody else, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm sure you knew that going in with it being all quarterbacks. Billy, there is one more guy on the board you can put up points for. Uh, I'm guessing it won't take you too long to find him. Uh, yeah, let's see uh, old Trevor boy. Yep, and you've got, you know, what do you know, just enough. He's projected 11.6, playing the Patriots, but I've got him down there at eight points. Max, max me out. 8.1, I like it, yep. Billy. Finish off the season going strong. All right, that means looks, that looks like a perfect 50 to me. <laughs> sure does. Uh, the players that y'all did not pick, Jeff Driscoll, Jared Stidham, and that's it. So some very slim pickings on the board, but all quarterbacks this week. Wanted to have a little bit of fun with it. I really thought Billy was going to pull the trigger on Jeff Driscoll at some point. I really did too. Uh, I mostly put him in there for Billy. And then uh, as I kept going with it and looking, I was like, man, there are a lot of backup quarterbacks playing. Yeah. Let's let's see what I can cook up with this. Yeah, you have no idea how bad I wanted to take him. You only need 60 points to come back and, and beat me, Connor. So if I miss on all three of these guys and get zero points and um and then and somehow you accumulate 60 between the the three misses on my side then however many uh billy misses that would be the most impressive comeback i've ever seen it would it, it would it'd be one for the you know the history books there i don't foresee it happening uh I think a lot of these guys are going to be playing up against some defenses that maybe aren't going all out or starting their studs. So we'll see. But uh, not not excited about my chances. All right, but guys, that is going to take us out of here for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week like we always are. Uh, thanks again for, for listening. Check us out on the socials, like us, share us, you know, rate us on wherever you listen to your podcast at. And uh, don't forget to check out our other friends over there on the Box Score Network and check out some of their shows. But uh, I said that's going to be it. So uh, take care. Enjoy the hopefully hectic week that Billy's predicting here in the NFL. <laughs> Let's go, Ties. Let's go, Ties. Nobody wins. <laughs> Nobody loses. Yeah. Nobody loses. Everybody gets a participation trophy. Perfect. All right. See you guys. Peace. Hey, everyone. I'm Ben Parker here to tell you that the Stat Sheet Podcast is presented by Box Score Network. Box Score Network is your one stop shop for all things NFL podcasts. You want game analysis, betting lines, hot takes, or fantasy advice? Well, check out Box Score Network. And follow Box Score Network on Twitter at B Score Network for updates. <laughs>